Thank you, Stephen. I want to read my text, which is found from Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. May we pray. Lord, left to myself, I'm just a jackass. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to use me to present truth clearly, unambiguously, graciously, and winsomely, and effectively, and true to Scripture. So come, Holy Spirit, help me, and thus help all of us here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to talk about Red for a few minutes. I met Red when uh, I uh, had to move here because I lost my job in Wichita, Kansas as a preacher. How in the world did you lose your job as a preacher? Because I had to take a vow to do something that I became convicted of. I had sinned when I took that vow. So... Having left the denomination I was in, I became a Methodist uh, janitor. And from that, strangely, I got a call from this church in Alexandria, Louisiana, very shortly after that. It was right after I was finally able to say to God, Lord, thank you for what's happened to me, and actually mean it. And right after that, I got a call, telephone call, from a church in Alexandria on Jackson Street, the Presbyterian Church. And uh, they flew me down here in August of 1975, and uh, they called me on September 11th, and I was installed by my presbytery, and something bad happened. What happened was that the youth director quit his job to go back to college in Arkansas. And so I approached the leaders of the church, and I said, if you will relieve me of doing the third service a week, that is Wednesday night, I'll still do Sunday night and Sunday morning, I'll take over the youth. And that's how I got to know the Thompson family. They lived there just off Jackson Street, and... um, What we did, because I made a deal, I I met all the parents and I said, listen, I need you all to help me because this is what I want to do. I want to make this a fun gathering on Wednesday nights. And that means these kids need to be fed. And before they're fed, we're going to play games. And then we're going to eat. And then I'll have a lesson with them uh, in my living room. I lived in a church-owned house back then. But... Many parents opted to have the youth group over to their homes, Red and Cynthia Thompson. And so I remember going in their little room there that they had a pool table and they could put ping pong on top of it, and I got to know them. And I really got to know Red then. Red loved to nickname people. And when he found out that I had attended a famous person's funeral in 1968 in Atlanta, Georgia, Martin Luther King's, then he decided to name me after the people that were on the plantation, Rev. 
Now, by the way, REV stands for rest, eat, and visit. And I enjoyed resting. I enjoyed eating and visiting. And when I went to the Thompson's home, I always had something. If it was near Christmas time, I would come home with a wonderful container of his wonderful toasted pecans. But whenever I went to see them, I always had a jar of Mayhaw jelly or some vegetables to bring home. And so I enjoyed visiting the Thompsons over the years. First, when they lived there near the church on Jackson, off, just off Jackson, and then when they moved out on Schoolhouse Road, Rev. So, thinking about Rev, <laughs> thinking about red, the Rev talks about the red. Um, what I'm struck with is this passage of Scripture. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And I'm going to say that Red Thompson was as friendly a man as I ever met. I remember sometimes my wife and I would go for, to the Red Kettle, Lucille's Red Kettle, uh, and we'd go over there to eat breakfast. And whenever Red was there, he'd come over, he'd shake hands, he'd speak to uh, Mrs. Rev and me and introduce us to whoever was there. He was just a friendly man. He never met a stranger. He was always friendly. He was always outgoing. He was an incredibly gracious man. But as I was studying the Hebrew text of this passage, I discovered there are other ways to translate it than the King James that I read. And one of these is this, a man of many companions may come to ruin. Wow. Friends are great. Friends are great. Had Red Thompson died 20 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to fit the people in this building uh, that would have come because he would have died in his prime. You know what happens? You discover over the years that most people are just companions. So, this text leads us to something else. And it says here, and in the Hebrew, it is exactly the way it says it in the King James Version. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I want to tell you about that friend of Red's. That friend's name was Joshua. You didn't know about Joshua, did you? Joshua was Red's closest friend. Who in the Sam Hill is Joshua? Well, that is the name that was given to the eternal Son of God when he became a real human being just like you and me. He was named Joshua. Joshua means Yahweh, God's proper name, is salvation. And so Joshua, the Lord Jesus Christ, was truly Red's best friend. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I want to read you something about Joshua for a moment. Red's friend that sticketh closer than a brother in the second chapter of the Gospel of John. John chapter 2. And beginning at verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now you see, Mary was the mother of the human Jesus, who was at the same time God Almighty. So people can say she was the Mater Dei, the mother of God. She was the mother of God 
in God's human nature when he was conceived in her womb. And so on on that wedding in Cana of Galilee, Jesus' mother was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, that means they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Now Jesus' response doesn't sound respectful to us, but in the ancient Near East in those days, it was very respectful. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? In other words, I have a mug because when I was a pastor here before uh, when I was forced to retire in 2015 because of chronic sleep loss, I eventually bought this mug and it says, not my circus, not my monkeys. (laughs) And my wife helps me remind myself at times, that's not your problem. Because my problem as a pastor was, I believed everybody's problem in the whole church and including their extended family and friends, that was my problem. And that put me in the nut house. So when Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Then he says, Mine hour is not yet come. Now you know what? Jesus was talking to his mama. And she understood fully what he was saying. And listen to what she says in verse 5. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. What's a firkin? I'm not sure, but I know what it was. It averaged out to about 180 gallons of water. They used these pots because they wanted to do ceremonial cleansing of their hands, for example, and other things, sometimes of their feet. And so they had these water jars containing about 180 gallons of water. And so, verse 7, Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. Verse 9, When the ruler of the feast, that's the person you hire for a wedding. Make sure that the food doesn't run out. Uh, I was learning a story about the man that used to run uh, Bistro on the Bayou. And it read in Cynthia's 50th anniversary. He didn't pay any attention to what he was told, and they ran out of certain things. Wow, I was there, 50th anniversary. And so when the ruler of the feast, the person's responsible to make sure the food's right and everything's right, tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Now I need to make a comment, old crow. And, uh, and that's this. No one who reads the New Testament in its original language thinks this was grape juice. No one. Because the Greeks had two words. They had the word trucks which is unfermented grape juice. And they had the word oinos, which is wine, fermented wine. 
And what I want you to understand, contrary to any doctrine any liar has told you, Jesus made alcoholic wine. And the reason that we know that is that when the steward, the governor of the feast, tasted it, he tasted wine, oinos, and he said, you know, he said, most people put the really good stuff out first, and after people have had a drink or two, he puts out the cheap stuff. In other words, you start out with, um, I don't even know brands, but anyhow, you end up with Ripple. <laughs> I do know that because I used to preach to winos. And so when the steward of the feast tastes this alcoholic wine, he said, I've never tasted wine this good in my life. This is the best wine I've ever tasted. And so what I want to say is that Jesus approves <clears throat> of what we're doing here today. Because the Lord Jesus, that is his real name is Joshua, Yahweh is salvation, made alcoholic wine. And God designed oil to make our faces shine and wine to help us be cheerful. Now, it can certainly be abused, and the Lord disapproves of drunkenness. But having wine, having alcohol, and showing yourself friendly to people, I think that kind of sums up red in a way. He knew that people sometimes need a little drink, just a little. You remember St. Paul, what he said? Use a little alcoholic wine for your stomach's sake and for your frequent sicknesses. If St. Paul said it and Jesus made it, who am I to condemn it? But I will condemn drunkenness. So here's where I'm closing with this. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Red Thompson was raised in the Baptist faith. He married a lady in the Episcopal faith. And they had a wonderful marriage. It was a marriage made in heaven. Both Red and Cynthia knew the Lord. And both Red and Cynthia, if we could call on them now, would you say something to the people here? This is what Red would say to you. I'm very serious. If Red and Cynthia were here today, they would say to you, Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my Jesus? You see, it's not by being a good person. I'm not perfect. Neither are you. Neither was Red. Neither was Cynthia. It's by the friend you've got. If you don't have that friend, you ain't got nothing. Excuse me for speaking in, uh, in Grant Parish language. No matter how good you are, no matter how proper you are, no matter how friendly you are, if you don't have Red's best friend, and that isn't Old Crow, if you don't have Red's best friend, this won't do you any good. If you don't have Red's best friend, you're going to be singing that song uh, that is implied in, in Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Red clung to the cross. Red was an honorable man serving his country in the Korean conflict. 
Red was a successful man. He was a hard-working man who instilled in his two boys a work ethic. Work, 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 work. Am I wrong? Well, no. But the heart of the matter is Red's friend, Red's best friend. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Of all the questions you can ever be asked, that's the most important. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Because if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have to be afraid of the grave. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Do you know Red's best friend? If you can say yes, you've got a wonderful future ahead of you. If you can't say yes, I don't know. I don't know. That's above my pay grade. I don't know. But I would like you to know my friend who's Red's best friend the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. May we pray. Lord, please bless these words. Use them to instill in people a desire to know Red's best friend, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to stand with me and sing as a closing song. And then I'll pronounce the blessing on all of you. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And I'm going to pronounce the benediction because I forgot the rest. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of His face on you and grant you His peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.